0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is John Keller from the film consulting and promoting initiative Felix Mutter Society. Now let's start the show. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L G Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm David the writer-director of the Nation. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hello Stuart, just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, this is Benoit Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey
1: Stuart, page dark screen.com up in my volume. Sneak, get up to my motorcycle, running and tracking off the
0: motherfucking sneak genius with Dom, eating pizza and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson. I directed *Rogue Warrior* and *The Time War*, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The from page to 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 screen movie cast.
1: Evening, you ready for another fun podcast? I say fun. That's kind of putting pressure on us to actually be entertaining, in it, I guess.
0: Sorry, you just cut out. Can we uh, go one more time?
1: Did I just cut out or not?
0: No. I cut out, I couldn't hear a thing.
1: Oh right, okay, because I didn't cut out, so I'm alright. But you, you just wanted to hear my voice again, it's fine. Of course. <laughs> For some reason, I thought this was episode 471, but it's not, it's actually 470. So that's kind of weird and non-entertaining. So a uh, slightly shorter episode tonight. Part of the reason is, we well, it's just me and you. Mm-hmm. So we've not got any other co-host on. But also, I wanted to dedicate this this whole episode to somebody we're going to talk about. So I've been tweeting this week that we're going to be chatting about actor Tony Todd. And he's been wonderful right. enough to be retweeting it and liking it and this, that, and the other. So, you know, no pressure there, is there, I guess?
0: Not at all, no.
1: So this, <laughs> this will not be a top five worst Tony Todd roles ever because I don't think they exist. I don't nope. remember seeing a bad one. So that's pretty good. Um, although I'm sure if you speak to him, you'll be like, oh, I wasn't a fan of this one. But I haven't seen it. Every role I've seen has been good. Not every film. That he's been in has been good, but every role say that the he same has thing. done has been spot on. <laughs> so exactly. I've pretty much spent the week. I, I did decide that I was going to watch maybe a couple of Tony Todd films this week, mm-hmm. but I've ended up watching like four of them. So I've done. Fair um, enough. I've, I've done quite well. So, um, yeah, and fingers crossed. And this is like a question for you as well. Fingers crossed, he might actually listen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know he listens to a lot of music on YouTube. He does. So maybe he will take some time away from sharing awesome music tracks and maybe listen to our uh, dulcet tones as, as we talk about him while he's not even in the room. Is that considered mm-hmm. rude if we're talking about him and he's not actually there? Or is that I'm okay? not sure.
0: As, as long as it's all good, I think we're fine.
1: Right, so we won't say any bad things about him.
0: I didn't have anything bad to say in the first place, so we I'm we fine.
1: We make some stuff up, though. Just like no. I don't know what, but he's played villains, so we could talk about how good a villain he is and mm-hmm. how horrible some of his characters are. So maybe, maybe <laughs> that's that's probably about as close as I could get. I think. So um, we we're, we're just pretty much got a tangent all over the place, but it's all going to be Tony Todd centric. So it's like a like a Tony Toddicon, pretty much. Which Tony Todd montage montage. Yes. Um, if you met him. Right, he's not here. I'm not about to bring him on. Going, ta da! Tony's here. No, if you met him and you've you've been to comic cons and events and stuff like that before, so you know that you generally don't have like 90 minutes to sit down and chat with him. Mm. What film or TV program or something would you ask him about? And what would you ask
0: um, him? For me, obviously, it's going to be Star Trek. Yeah, um, he, you know, he's played uh quite a few star trek characters now were uh, in his career and uh with me being such a big star trek fan i'd have to um, talk about star trek um and probably just ask him how he felt um doing uh, a show such as star trek you know such something with such um uh, a huge amount of history behind it um and if he was a star trek fan himself before kind of going in there
1: I'm thinking, I'm hoping he's a Star Trek fan because he's been in like near enough every series, isn't he? uh, He was in Voyager, yes. He was in Next Gen, yes, more more than once, and he was in Deep Space Nine as well. And he uh, didn't he do a fan film or something like that connected with Star Trek? Which universe was that set in, or wasn't it? Was it a separate universe?
0: No, it it was um it was the Star Trek Universe um prelude to Axanar is the one you're on about. That's um cool. and uh, yeah he's been in that as well. So um he's he's done his fair share of Star Trek. But not only that, he's also done um quite a few Star Trek games as well.
1: Yeah, he did an so online got, one, didn't he? Star Trek Online. Yeah,
0: Star Trek Online, you got Star Trek Elite Force Two. Um so uh he's he's no stranger to Star Trek. So, so maybe if he wasn't a Star Trek fan before, um maybe he is now.
1: Can you imagine if he still wasn't a Star Trek fan? It's like, hey, Mister Todd, we'd uh, we like you to play Kern again, please. Like, oh, I hate Star Trek. I'm hoping he genuinely is a Star Trek fan. But could you imagine if he wasn't? That would be that'd be kind of weird. That'd be kind of like us that we are at present. We have, we have a job that pays our bills, but we don't really enjoy our jobs. Yeah. So Tony would know how we felt if that was the case, but. You know? I'm
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he probably does like Star Trek. Yeah, Who does? Um, well, some people he,
1: don't, but he might not, not like those.
0: the the makeup he had to wear in Star Trek in a few of his roles. Um, I could see that taking uh, quite a few hours to get into.
1: Yeah, I can do. That's generally that's when your meditation comes in handy, isn't it? You just sit in a chair and just.
0: Well, this you know, is probably where his great taste in music comes from.
1: Possibly. Did you think he probably sits there with like one headphone in? Mm-hmm. until they've obviously got to make up the ear part and then he's like, sorry yeah. Mr. Todd, get rid of music and then he turns into grumpy Mr. Todd because he hasn't got his music anymore. So when did you first become aware of Tony Todd? That would be a question I've asked quite a few people that I go, have you heard mm-hmm. of Tony Todd? And they go, I think so. Right, where have you heard the name from? And they all come out with, well, there seems to be two or three different things that come out but generally it's Candyman. Mm-hmm. isn't it that's pretty much where most people know him from there seems to be a lot of love for the X-Files episode that he did called Sleepless there was a lot yep. of praise came out on, on Facebook and whatnot A few people mentioned that one which was a damn good episode a season 2 episode 4 play- Augustus Cole yes the veteran and whatnot
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: I think for me if I take Candyman out of the equation for me it's the crawl
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I remember him being in, and it's my you know touched upon what would you actually ask Tony about if you were fortunate enough to meet him I would love to talk to him about the crow but I don't think I would talk to him about the crow because the the history surrounding that film is is quite saddening it is the loss of Brandon Lee and stuff so I, I don't know I'd, I would love to not necessarily find out about that side of things but I just think his role in that you've got so many crazy villains running around and have you seen the crow Please tell me. I have. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So you've got so many crazy wacky villains running around and Tony plays the, the sort of level headed one. He's yeah. like the like the businessman. He runs mm-hmm. it like a business, where you've got, you know, Michael Wincott's running around with his big sword and his long hair and you know Michael Massey's running around shooting heroin and all that sort of stuff. And it's a very crazy film and he seems to be pretty much the only level headed one in it. So mm. I would talk to him about you know what what it was about that role that made him want to be right I'm purely focused I'm going to run it like a business but I will take the crow out of the equation and I would love to sit down with him and have a chat about platoon which is okay yeah not only his first big film I think mm-hmm. his first roles were 1986 and, and that's definitely the biggest one of them but it's also in my top 20 top 10 films of all mm-hmm. time so yeah I stopped re film. Re-watched that I love platoon so I'd probably chat to him about that mm-hmm. and, uh yeah, there's tons. I, I could probably do an hour and a half, to, Tony <laughs> Todd, to be honest, but I won't. Um,
0: the, I think the thing is when, um, kind of for me, when I first really started um, being interested in Tony Todd, I'd seen him in things before, so probably the first time I'd ever seen him, um, would either be in Candyman or The Rock. Yes. Um, one of those two, um, two movies. But when... It comes to tony todd as an actor i think for me what stands out the most is the amazing amount of tv roles he's he's been in and in such fantastic shows many of which i've been a fan of because luckily a lot of them are kind of sci-fi related so kind of you know i, I just kind of scroll down his imdb listing and you get things like stargate sg1 um babylon 5 Angel, the TV series, Smallville, Andromeda, Charmed, CSI, Miami, uh, 24, um, Transformers Prime, um, the cartoon, The Flash. You know, he's been in so many fantastic uh, kind of TV series, which, you know, I've been a fan of.
1: Well, I was si- I was sitting down the other week because I'm I'm doing a rewatch on a lot of shows and I'm rewatching 24 again mm-hmm. and I'm rewatching <laughs> all the early seasons of NYPD Blue so I can get up to the season nine, ten, eleven, and twelve that I've never even seen. So I have the whole box there. And there was like one week when I, I'm putting an episode of NYPD Blue on, Bing, hey up, it's Tony Todd. Wow, mm-hmm. so I screen grabbed it and sent it. I'm like, oh, you're on my TV. And then later on that week, or it might have been the week after, I'm watching an episode of 24, and I'm like, oh, it's Tony Todd. <laughs> it just, he's popping up everywhere. And it's like the X-Files one. I think last year I was re-watching the whole lot of that as well. And it's like, oh, season two, oh, Tony Todd. So he's just popping up absolutely everywhere. So he's the new, there must be like a six degrees of of Tony Todd now. We'll get rid of Kevin Bacon. Mm. We'll just have Tony Todd.
0: And I think that's the thing, Once you've um, kind of, kind of really been into something that he's been into you kind of kind of really recognize him as uh this fantastic actor that he is then it's great then when you're at you kind of out in the the world kind of putting on a, a movie or putting on some tv and like you say he pops up it's a fantastic feeling yeah. um i remember um watching um the last season of the orville and um to be honest, my, my brain's trained now, so at the start, at the opening credits, when it says that like, kind of special guest stars, it said Tony Todd at, at that point. I'm like, great! When's he going to be uh, appearing on screen? And I remember kind of slowly kind of going through the episode, going, come on, where's Tony? Where's Tony? And then he, he popped up as um, a Mocklin delegate in uh, um, kind of a, a court case kind of scenario. And it was fantastic. You know, it was, it was just made something that was already a great show in my mind even better because now you've got Tony Todd in there yes
1: he's one of those names because you look at his filmography it's insane
0: oh amazing <laughs> it's never
1: <that's laughs> I think if we refresh it now I think it'll be like several films longer than it was when we first looked
0: at it I'm sure
1: it's not so it it is quite difficult to come up with a list of like top five favourite mm-hmm. Tony Todd ones but I think I've probably watched most of mine but not all of them uh, this week so I've done quite well I do well, have for a me, I do have a special guest, sort of, on a piece of paper, which I shall read oh. out. And uh, actress Brooke Lewis, she mm-hmm. is a friend of mine. I've never met her, I was supposed to. She got married recently and I wasn't able oh, congratulations, to get over Brooke. So Congratulations, Brooke! but she worked with Tony Todd on the film I Murders mm-hmm. so I was chatting with Brooke and I'm like am a little bit of podcast all about Tony Todd little bit of a you bit of a what do you think of him? Was he nice? Did he keep telling you what music to listen to? Is he a Star Trek <laughs> fan? All this sort of stuff. So I said, "What do you think of him?" So she she emailed me through her thoughts on Tony Todd. He's oh, horrible. lovely. No, no, that wasn't the thoughts. Um, so brooke lewis says i watched the original candy man in the theater with my boyfriend at the time in my late teens i was so incredibly terrified by tony todd as candy man that my boyfriend thought he was being clever and whilst driving home from the movie theater he decided to pull off the road into the dark woods turn the car's rear view mirror onto me and say candy man five times That's oh. quite i'm hoping my oh, boyfriend's long gone i think he has Mm. Uh, Brooks screamed, and it was one of the s- most scariest moments that stuck with me. Lo and behold, I never imagined I would become a scream queen and receive a call from my iMurder's director, Robbie Bryan, and that I would be starring opposite Tony Todd, the Candyman, playing FBI agents Washington <laughs> and Romano together. And she's got a whole bunch of exclamation marks. Now, this is the this is the sweet part as well. I was terrified. Then when I arrived to set the first day, I was introduced to Tony and he immediately picked me up and gave me the warmest bear hug and smiled and I felt safe. We had the most amazing experience working together, then touring together to the horror conventions with a team for a year. So besides learning that he is a seasoned, talented actor, I'm proud to call him my friend.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: It's a nice little testimony from uh, Brooke Mm. Lewis, who's uh, Tony Todd's friend. Do check out iMurders as well. It's a film I've not seen for a while, but it's good. I will. It is all right. But, you know, can you imagine the homework? It's like, right, you need to watch as many Tony <laughs> Todd projects as possible. You just couldn't do it. We'd have to quit our jobs.
0: Yeah, I think I uh, tweeted earlier in the week as well. There's a uh, kind of... Not enough Tony Todd uh, titles just on the shelf that you can go and pick up. I was in um, Asda doing the weekly shop, and I thought, right, it's about time uh, I added to my physical media collection and pick up um, something. What, what what to pick up? Well, I don't own Candyman. Um, I couldn't rewatch it on uh, any of the streaming services because none of them had it, at least for free. Um, so, right, if I'm going to pay for it, I'll get it on physical media. So I searched high and low nothing so i had to come home and uh, resort to the internet that saved me and uh but thank you uh arrow because the limited edition box set is absolutely amazing
1: i'm so glad to, to hear that you got the arrow one because <laughs> mm. arrow are amazing it's like if you can get arrow to do something then get that one
0: yeah
1: i, I made the mistake well, that's the thing they-
0: They had the two as well. You've got kind of the standard edition, the limited edition. Well, the standard one you can get anywhere. The limited edition one sold out, I think, kind of months ago. So um, I did a lot of hunting and actually managed to find one on the internet. So um, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with myself.
1: Brilliant. So yeah, I've spent a fortune on Arrow DVD or Blu-rays this week because they put a tweet out saying, "Oh, we've teamed up with Zavi this week. They've got to buy one get one free." So I'll oh, just, I'll just have a look and see what's on their website. Seventy quid later, I've got about eight or nine uh, Arrow Blu-rays coming my way over the next <laughs> week. Or so it's like, thanks Arrow. So, there you I go. have to
0: say, Candyman um, on Arrow Blu-ray looks amazing. Two um, K restoration of the film. It was so uh, it looks. Beautiful.
1: I bet it does. I'm a fan. I would love to, A, have the money, Mm. uh, but just to have all the Arrow releases. They're kind of like the British Criterion. if you remember the Criterion? Yeah. You would Mm. pay a fortune for them, unlike the Arrow ones, but you would have to have them because it was a Criterion. I think Arrow are are the same, but thankfully they're a bit cheaper, (laughs) which is pretty good. So what did you watch then? What was your choices for your your tony todd viewing
0: right the first thing i watched um was prelude to Axanar, r being a, a star trek fan film that i'd never seen then uh, for me it was the obvious choice um you know i could have put on deep space nine obviously or the next gen or uh, or voyager for that matter but i've seen those plenty of times so i thought i'll stick with something that i haven't seen and um i watched that on youtube and thought it was fantastic um when you look into um, the film, which um, a brief synopsis is set as um, a Federation documentary. So it's a documentary within um, the world of Starfleet. Yep. Um, and it details the ins and outs of this four years war between the Federation and the Klingon Empire. So the, the characters in it, such as Tony Todd, um, they play um, kind of participants from, from this great um, Four Years' War um, from both sides, the Klingon Empire and the Federation, kind of giving interviews um, to the screen. So you, it's it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of the actor in front of you on screen. Um, but I like that. It's, uh, you know, you get to see more of them. So it's it's, it's very good. And, uh, it's and you know, the cast list is amazing. You've got Tony Todd, who obviously um, isn't in this playing um, either, the future Jake Sisko, or uh, Wolf's brother, Curtin. He plays uh, an admiral, Marcus Ramirez. Um, You've got um, the uh, actor, J.G. Hertz, uh, who played General Martog in Deep Space Nine. Um, He's playing an admiral as well. Um, Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica, he's there playing um, this Klingon uh, supreme warlord, um, Khan. Um, Kate Vernon again from Battlestar Galactica, but she's also appeared in Voyager, um, and uh, Gary Graham, who reprises his role of Suvl, uh, the Vulcan ambassador, uh, which is amazing because when when you get a fan film that has got um, an actor from Star Trek playing his role from Star Trek, it's just kind of uh, like kind of the Holy Grail. So uh, you know the stars in it are amazing, and I think it shows how much Star Trek fans love Star Trek because when they started um, the Kickstarter campaign um, for Prelude to Axanar, um, they were looking for $10,000, yep. and they raised $101,000. Yeah, sounds about right, so, doesn't it? Mm, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's a fantastic thing, and if you're a Star Trek fan um, at all, then definitely look for it on YouTube. It's free to watch, and they're in the middle at the moment of um, actually making then Axanar, which... It kind of shows you more about it's, uh, it is a, the war then, um, yep. rather than just kind of the documentary talking about the war. Um, right. so I'm looking forward to that when it comes out. So that was first. the first one on my list.
1: Yeah. What was your second one?
0: Um, second one was a film called dust of war. Oh, okay. Um, it's, um, set in like a post apocalyptic, um, frontier, uh, a a movie genre. I very much like, um, and you've got kind of the the warmonger who kind of takes slaves and, and, and trades in them. And, um, and there's uh, a girl fated as saviour of humanity and uh, a brave soldier kind of fights for the girl and all that kind of uh, good stuff. Um, what disappoints me um, most about the movie is that when you first start the movie, the opening credits you know, you've got featuring Tony Todd, you know, big letters in the middle of your screen the only name on there, and you think oh yes, I'm waiting for my Tony Todd fix, (laughs) and then he's only in it for 10 or 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, I got suckered into that with a Michael Ironside film the other week, where was like, (laughs) he was the main thing on the cover, it was like Michael Ironside starring everybody else, and then he was in it for two and a half minutes at the beginning, and I'm like, what? So it's kind of cool to see him, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. the the marketing, you need to sort that crap out, really, don't you?
0: So. And, it, and it was almost like one of those movies where, you know, we we can afford the big name, let's get Tony Todd in, but everything else is going to let you down. So, you know, unfortunately, however good an, an actor Tony Todd is, he can't change the writing and no, kind of what's done with the film. So um, I have to admit, I didn't make it all the way through i did switch it off at one point
1: he might have come back he might have like i'm back for the last 50 minutes you'd never he might
0: have things. but i also did um, read a few reviews online after just <laughs> to make sure and uh, it pretty much got the same reaction there's 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 no tony todd in the film really
1: which is a shame because you think well for the filmmakers it's amazing you go brilliant we've got enough money to get Tony or Michael or whatever for a couple of days, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's put him in the film. But then there's an expectation from film fans going, mm-hmm. "Brilliant, a new film, a new film starring him or exactly. them." Brilliant, yay! Oh, why are they not in it all the way through? And it's, I mean, it's not the actor's fault by any means. No, not even necessarily the filmmaker's fault. But it's still a bit like what? It's kind of mm-hmm. like going to a U two gig. Going, why didn't you play my favourite song? You played everybody else's. <laughs> it's like it's, it's not enough time or money. Go away.
0: Yep. Yep. So that was Dust of War. Um, I then watched one called West of Hell.
1: You're watching all the ones I've not seen. So this is quite good.
0: Well, th- that's the thing. Um, you know, I wanted to delve into stuff. I could have gone and watched kind of all the stuff I'd seen before, uh, but I wanted to watch something new. Um, so West of Hell. Um, Tony Todd plays uh, a vengeful ex- uh, ex-slave who's looking for the daughter of the man who killed his own daughter, so he can kind of have his revenge um he finally catches up um with this girl on a a midnight train to atlanta uh unfortunately she's protected by some hired um gunslinger um who's been put on the train by her father um tony todd doesn't mind you know he's you know he's quite handy with his shotgun um but kind of as the movie goes on they find the train is haunted by some kind of evil dark force so they've got to uh fight that to uh, survive the journey and uh, things kind of take uh, a turn for the worse um as a movie i really really wanted to like this one because um i think it's got a good premise um especially kind of where you see it going right. um the you know it, it covers some big topics as well because obviously it Covers um, slavery because Tony Todd plays an ex-slave, and uh, kind of the hardships and the, the the atrocities that they had to endure in America. Um, unfortunately, for me, the film suffered from a lack of budget. So um, th- there are scenes that are pretty poor to watch. Um, that could be so much better if the if the money was there to make them better. Right. Um, and the writing wasn't great as well so it was a it was a good premise for a for a film but it was just in the wrong hands i believe okay. so um tony was excellent as always yeah. but again there's not much you can do if the the writing behind the character lets it down
1: nope right it's all got to be done beforehand
0: wasn't mm-hmm. it yeah but like i say i really wanted to like it because you know it's got some good twists in there um, and I still think it's a movie that you should go out and watch um and but you know it could have been so much better I think if they got the budget and if they'd got you know um better writing for the characters and kind of made the characters more three d rather than just two d
1: this is why sometimes it's better going back to the films that you know you love like i've done this <laughs> <laughs> just because just I had them on my shelf, so yeah.
0: well. Well this is why for for my fourth film, this is when I went straight to Candyman. Um but in uh kind of it, it's lovely remastered arrow format, so it was everything expected in glorious H D and it was it was beautiful. <laughs> it really was.
1: Did you um, did you pay close attention to the scene when the bees come out of his mouth, knowing that they were actual bees coming out of his mouth? How horrible is that?
0: Really, his, I didn't. Real I didn't bees. know that because yeah. I was looking at it thinking, I wonder if they were using something that nope. looked like a bee. Real really? bees.
1: He got stung. Tw- it's either twenty three or twenty six. It depends which article you look at. But he got stung over twenty times doing that scene. I'm not being funny, but I'd love to be a filmmaker and an actor. But if they go, oh, I like to put all these bees in your mouth, I'm off. I'm out of here. But he did it. They were real bees. That's absolutely insane.
0: I hope he was um, well reimbursed for, for that. And uh, I don't know, what, Lifetime Jaws of Honey or something?
1: Well, something like that. But I know he still speaks to or still tweets or whatever with Bernard Rolls. Who's mm-hmm. the the director of the first Candyman? So I guess there was no ill will about you know Tony Todd having a mouthful of bees. That's that's probably a question he gets asked so many times. Going, what was it like with a mouthful of bees? I'm pretty sure his answer won't be it was amazing and nothing's ever come close to it since. I don't really mm. imagine anybody going, yeah, I'm happy with that. I'll do it again with the Candyman reboot, remake, whatever it is coming up that, that Tony's involved in. I'm um, mm-hmm. hoping they don't fill his mouth with bees again.
0: No, um, I, I haven't read much about it. Obviously, I know he's not playing Candyman. Um, ah, uh, if
1: you look at his credits, he's credited as the same name. So,
0: Has he? You, hmm. nev-
1: you never know. We shall have to find out when it comes out.
0: But yeah, um, I have to say, um, I have brought uh, a mirror up into uh, the <laughs> office as I uh, record. Uh, I don't know if there's a mirror around you at all, Stuart.
1: No, I don't have mirrors. <laughs> I oh, don't like them.
0: Terrible. No. Is that
1: only me who can... I'm, all right, uh, I'm good, because if I get killed, who's going to edit this podcast? Nobody will ever know. If you get killed, I can still edit it and put it out as a tribute for you, but...
0: Oh, fair enough. I'm That's, not uh, willing let...
1: to risk my own life. No offense, One second, Tony, now, let's see what happens.
0: Candyman. 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 Candyman.
1: Oh, I'll miss Rob. So if anybody wants to... Um, Jump on and be a new. Po- oh, he's back! There we go.
0: I have to say, it would have been nice if it turned around and Tony Todd was there.
1: Yeah, that that's kind of creepy, though. Are you sort of insinuating that he's a bit of a, a bit of a stalker?
0: No, I'm just I saying. I suppose he is
1: really though. If you say his name five times and he pops up behind you, Tony <laughs> Candyman's there. Then no, I'm not saying they could have
0: finally got that autograph that I've been after for so many years.
1: Would you? Would it be like a Deep Space Nine picture, or would Same- you go? oh no man picture i'd have to go for, for a candy man picture
0: i know you would but for me it would have to be deep space nine future jake jake cisco yep. but i would be worried if he did appear behind me <laughs> if he could sign with a hook yeah
1: you might no
0: yeah it, it might be it might sign kind of you
1: with a hook illegible. In which case you like go to the hospital <laughs> and you've got tony todd scratched across your back with a hook that'd be kind of weird it's
0: definitely unique Certainly,
1: you'd probably bleed to death and die. So. <laughs> so there you go. So is that your list of things you've watched this week? It is. Good. I, went, I re-watched The Crow, which I've mentioned before. I love that film. Amazing film, yeah. I love it. I've, I've not watched it for, oh, Jesus, 10 years probably, but I never tire of watching that film. I saw it at the cinema. It was, uh, it was 1994. A friend of mine had already seen it, and I, was, I knew the, the surroundings with Brandon Lee passing and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was aware of the film. And I'd seen Brandon Lee and things like Rapid Fire and and Showdown Little Tokyo and stuff beforehand. So you know, I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Brandon Lee's final film and it looks all gothic and weird and all that type of stuff. And uh, Andrew, the friend of mine, he'd, he'd watched it at the cinema and he said, right, we've got to go watch The Crow. So you already watched that. He's like, I want to watch it again. And I want you to watch it. So I'm like, okay, fair enough. I still, even to this day when I'm watching the film on, on DVD, I still remember what it was like watching that film on the big screen. It's, mm. it's one of the most unique films that I've seen. doesn't age. Mm-hmm. Because it's all sort of grungy, hard, like, I don't know what the type of music is, heavy metal, rock or whatever it is. But yeah. even you know things like The Cure and Pantera and, and Nine Inch Nails and stuff, that doesn't age.
0: No, no. It's a
1: gorgeous looking film and, yeah, I just, Annette walked in, she went, what are you watching? And said, The Crow. She went, oh, (laughs) I don't like that film. I'm like, why not? Because she loves The Cure. She loves all that type of stuff, but for some reason, she's just, I don't know, she's just not a fan of The Crow, so she has no taste in movies, I guess, but I love it. (laughs) The sequels, not so much. You Mm -hmm. know, the the third one's okay. The second one's not very good, and they did a TV series, which I never watched, because I don't think it was aired over here, but for Um. me, it's always the first Crow. They do Mm -hmm. keep talking about remaking it, uh, to people such as Bradley Cooper were lined up to play the role. <laughs> J- Jason Momoa at one point. It's like just don't do it. You don't no. need to. They will because that's oh, yeah. what Hollywood does. Because it make money. But I think there's something very fitting about um, that film being Brandon's last film as well. It's it's uh, it's an eerie film to watch.
0: Saying that, well, with uh, with a remake of a film though. What you hope happens because I'm hoping it happens with candyman is that cinemas decide to screen screen the original as well yes. because I would love candyman to come back uh or or the candyman kind of uh saga really as uh kind of a come and watch it all night uh in the cinema that'd be fantastic and and if so then uh you're definitely coming with me because <laughs> we'll we'll go and do uh the candyman saga and and watch Tony, uh, well, got people with his... Got who-
1: people with a shot behind yeah. him and, and kill them. So I remember when I joined Twitter many, many, many years ago, Virginia Madsen, who was in Candyman, mm-hmm. she was one of the very first famous people I ever liked one of my tweets. And I was like geeking out for a week. <laughs> like, oh my God, the woman from Ireland too? She's like, my tweets is amazing. So that was, that was kind of cool. Now I'm like, meh, you know, it's fine. Get used to famous people liking my tweets. It's fine. Oh, running a mill. But no, that, she was. Uh, that's my Candyman connection way mm-hmm. back when. And then Bernard Rose followed me for a while, and then for some reason stopped following me. I guess I probably tweeted too much about stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows?
0: Filling up the timelines.
1: Possibly he's like, "For God's sake, we should stop. We should get a job." Yep, I have one, and I still keep tweeting. <laughs> so uh, from the crow, I went on to watch the TV movie of 24, which is called 24 okay. Redemption, mm-hmm. which uh, Tony Todd features in. Sort of halfway through, and then he comes back for the following season for a few episodes. I, when I tweeted Tony at, earlier on because he was in one of the early seasons, like season three, I said, "Oh, you've played more than one character in the show," and he said, uh, "Yes, I have." And he preferred the character that he played in Redemption, so Juma. Mm. I agree. I think that's a far better character. But he's also one of the only actors I think that's played more than one role in that series. I don't remember anybody else who's played a different character. Yeah. So that would have been, I'd like to know about that conversation. Hi, Tony, mm-hmm. would you like to be in 24? I've already been in it. Oh, yeah. Um, do you want to be oh, in well. again? Same character? No, no, a different one. Uh, aren't people going to go back and remember me from the first one? No, it's fine. <laughs> so I'd, I'd love to know how that conversation goes. But 24 is a show I love anyway, so mm-hmm. i watched that one. I then went back and watched Platoon, which mm-hmm. I've already mentioned. I never tire of watching Platoon. The nope. first time I saw that film, though was probably 87, I think, when it hit VHS. I fell mm-hmm. asleep.
0: How could I fall asleep oh, watching
1: Platoon? I think I was just tired, and I was just lying down on the couch watching a film, and I just I passed it, out.
0: It happens. So
1: it's yeah, I did the same with RoboCop, to be honest, for some reason. <laughs> First time I've watched RoboCop, out like a light. Love that film. But Platoon, I still love it. It was... Uh, it was the film that made me think yes anything oliver stone directs i will watch and i'm pretty sure i will love it and i've been mm-hmm. right to this day so and uh, my favorite one though and if i had to pick my favorite film that i've seen tony todd in it's going to be this one it's the 1990 remake of night of the living dead
0: ah it's one i haven't seen but it's on my list
1: well, we sat, Annette and I sat and watched it on Monday, I believe it was, because I knew, right, I'm going to watch it this week. And Annette had said, I want to watch it, because we love the original one. Mm-hmm. The original one is That and The Blur Witch Project, are my two favourite horror films of all time. They mm-hmm. kind of mix and match, whether one's one or another other one's number two, but it depends on my mood. But Night of the Living Dead, I absolutely love. This remake is also really, really good, because it's not just a shot-for-shot remake. It's uh-huh. pretty much it hits all the same points, mm-hmm. but there are several places in the film where you go, "Oh, I know what's happening." Oh, that's a bit different. So they do tweak around with it a little bit. It was mm-hmm. Tom Savini's first direct directing gig. He's normally the makeup guy, so but uh, you know he did all the makeup for Dawn of the Dead, and mm-hmm. so he's worked with Romero for a long time. Yeah. So it was it was a remake that was done with uh, with care. And attention and, and, you know, one of the remakes that was done for the right reasons, I think. Yeah. And uh, Tony takes the main role. He's kicking arse. And I think, to me, that's probably the most action-orientated role out of the ones I've seen, anyway. Because mm-hmm. he normally plays, I don't want to describe him as a character actor, because all actors are character I realised that the other day. I thought, he's a character. I think not all actors are <laughs> car- Keanu Reeves and John Wick. Still a character, so he's yeah. a character actor. So I kind of dismissed that one. I don't want to call anybody a character actor. But he's normally the person with the dialogue and the scenes and things like that. And it's it's kind of rare that you see Tony John like, running around and punching people in the face and all that sort of stuff out of the ones I've seen. Uh, but this one was. He must have been pretty tired. But it's good. And at one point you see him with a crowbar in, uh, in Night of the Living Dead and he's holding it in such a specific way that it looks like the hook... out of man! so it's like that shot and you go ha ha got it
0: yep (laughs) that's what I like
1: so that's the ones I watched so it was uh, yep The Crow 24 Platoon Night of the Living Dead fantastic it's uh, it's like a Tony Todd centric week I think if he listens to this he'll be sick of hearing his own name do you not think do you think we're allowed to get blocked because he's like look (laughs) I don't mind you tweeting me now and again Retweeting my stuff or saying you know saying hi, but seriously, a whole episode about me? Come on, that's that's borderline stalkerish. I'm hoping he won't say that. Nah. So if he does, then you know, thanks for the memories, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I um, when I put, I put tweets and Instagrams and all sorts, and it's generally it's Candyman that people know him from. But yeah. it's Also, as the close second, it is the X Files episode which just came out of nowhere. People are like, X-Files, X-Files, X-Files. So people do love him in Sleepless. Mm. So I do want to go back and watch The Rock again, which I've not seen for a long time, where he, he utters the words, you know how this shit works? Great. <laughs> Somebody actually hashtagged that on something or other, which was quite nice.
0: Yeah, The, the Rock um, at one point um, was a regular on my uh, VHS player, I believe.
1: Yeah, it was on mine.
0: It was, uh, it was just always there, and every couple of days it'd go in and uh, I'd watch it. Yeah, amazing film.
1: Yeah, but not viewed f- by me for quite a while, unfortunately. There's just yeah, not enough either. time to watch films. There you really see, isn't.
0: I, I've got this, this problem, like I say, I don't have enough physical media, and uh, I'm only kind of um, drip-fed a bit of what I like every now and again through Netflix and Now TV and Amazon and all the rest. Yeah, pretty
1: much. See, I'm the opposite way around. I'm more physical media. Mm. See, I went out today and I bought a whole bunch of stuff and you know, on physical media. I've never actually bought a, a digital version of a film. I've got quite a few on the Ultraviolet Library, which is about to shut down in July, but never mind.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, buff, yeah, that's pretty much... I don't, I'm not a fan of digital. I would rather own it.
0: I think I've had a, an email today from, is it Flickster? I think that one's going as well now.
1: Isn't it? So yeah. I have like a library of about 70 movies and I had to go through them all the other week and make sure they were actually in all these different libraries, you know, sort of like in the Warner one or the Universal one and this, that and the other. So I've now got about 17 different passwords, whereas before I could just go into Flickster mm-hmm. and just watch them all. So it's, I'm not a fan of digital whatsoever because I had all these movies and now I'm not going to, it's like. Great! It's like somebody walking into my house and stealing all my uh, all my Tony Todd DVDs, which
0: I, I'd not. happily do that.
1: Well, that's why I keep the front door locked. That's quite good. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, Deep Space Nine is that your number one choice for your your Tony Todd role? I'm pretty sure it is because we've mentioned this. A few I, I'd times.
0: like to say no, just to <laughs> It really is my favourite um kind of Tony Todd moment. It's what got me kind of really passionately into following Tony Todd as an actor. Um, you know, like like we've mentioned, um people cannot often get typecast actors. And um Tony Todd, if you look through his um kind of never ending list of IMDB credits, you know a lot of it is typecast horror. Yeah, see, I
1: thought that, though. I thought that because it's like you you sort of mentioned Tony Todd and people go, oh, he's the horror dude, isn't he? He's in, like, Candyman and Final Destination, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But then if you delve into his filmography, it it is all over the place. It is Mm. NYPD Blues and The Flash and Star Trek and, and Candyman and Hellfest and, you know,
0: all this sort of stuff. That's why I love the TV section.
1: Yeah. It's great. It's like mm. what is you know most of the shows I used to watch, he's in them at some point. But so I think to the general public, I think he may be typecast. I think, mm. but anybody who watches a crazy amount of films, so that wouldn't be Bob, would not know that he's not typecast.
0: But yeah, when when you watch him in Deep Space Nine, um, the Visitor is future Jake Cisco, the you know, well, every time I watch that um, episode, I'm I'm in tears myself. You know, it just shows the kind of diversity that Tony brings to acting and, you know, how incredibly well he plays, um, kind of emotional roles as well as the guy with the hook who's going to kill you.
1: <laughs> Isn't it?
0: So, uh, yeah, it's, it's gotta be, um, deep space nine. And, um, for me, if, um, I was rich and I had the money, I would be, uh, starting my own, um, Star Trek fan series, and it would be based on the life of the future Jake Sisko starring Tony Todd.
1: Yeah, Tony's like, do it because then I will never have to, you know, go in any other films again.
0: If I win the lottery, Tony, you're on.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm hoping um, at some point we bump into him at a convention.
0: That would be amazing.
1: Uh, So we need to meet him before the restraining order goes in, I think. like, (laughs) it's these two, keep him away from me. But he does. I was looking on uh, YouTube, and there's a lot of. Online interviews where he's at comic cons and stuff, mm-hmm. so you know he does do them. But our um, promise to attend comic cons this year is kind of failing miserably. I think it's it near, is. Do you realise it's just over six months until twenty twenty? I insane know. is that,
0: and we've we've only got one confirmed kind of meetup, which is next week.
1: And even Bob's bailed out of that one, so at least I'll be
0: there. True. Yeah.
1: Crazy. So I found five things about Tony Todd that you didn't know. Ooh. I think it's a bit presumptuous of this. Are you sure I don't know? Presume. Well, I knew some of them. So I'm like, yeah,
0: I can't well, there we go that then. one.
1: Right. So, uh, first one Tony Todd beat La- uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Ving Rames and Eric LaSalle for the role in Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew that one already because I read it earlier on on the website. He was stung 26 times when playing Candyman. Ouch. That is nuts. They were using young bees that couldn't sting when they were shooting the movies, but uh, he was stung twenty-nine times over the twenty-nine over the course of filming. Ouch! <laughs> uh, for some reason, one of the facts about Tony Todd that we didn't know is he had a happy childhood. I don't quite know. Is that why? Is that a fact? I mean, it probably is a fact I, if he had I a happy know. childhood, but I don't know whether it's one of those groundbreaking things where I don't know. Do is all he... actors have miserable childhoods?
0: I was going to say, was he supposed to have a bad one? I don't know,
1: but that's that's what they've they've used it as a fact. So there you go. Uh, he has appeared numerous times in the Star Trek franchise, which we knew. Knew uh, that. He was uh, Kern in Star Trek Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And he also appeared as adult Jake Sisko in Deep Space Nine, which you knew. And an alpha Hirogen in an episode of Star Trek Voyager. He's also voiced mm-hmm. several characters in Star Trek video games, including General Roddick in Star Trek Online. You knew that one.
0: I knew all and, that, yeah.
1: Also, he's a prolific voice actor. We knew that one as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, knew that one. Transformers Prime, uh, mm-hmm. icon on Young Justice, narrator of Legend of Dragoon, whatever that is. He was in Half-Life 2, mm-hmm. and he played several characters in something called Dota 2, which I've no idea what that is. However, Tony's most famous role as a voice actor, drum roll, is, uh, is in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen.
0: Ah, uh, yes, as the Fallen himself
1: yes exactly (laughs) so you know i need to message that person and say i knew some of them yeah so you might want to you might want to change the headline because it's like it's not five things we didn't know it's probably about three
0: a few things that that you might not have known
1: yes and in brackets not robin stewart because we know that you know a couple of them already yes you've been researching the heck out of tony (laughs) Todd. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we shall round this episode up. Now normally we do uh, what we've been watching this one and the other, but I'm really mm-hmm. hoping that Tony will listen to this episode, so I don't want to put him through our dulcet tones for 45 minutes before we get to talking about him. So this is why this one is a standalone episode about Mr. Todd, and then uh, the next episode we'll be chatting about what we've been watching so uh, final message from me to tony todd and you can come up with your own in a second rob but thank you for all the work you do tony it's great i really enjoyed hearing what brooke lewis said about you so i'm now visualizing your your six foot frame picking her non-six foot frame up and just giving her the biggest (laughs) bear hug ever which uh you know until you you probably heard it now it made her feel safe and she considered you a friend because you're awesome So I wish you all the luck in all the films and TV shows you do and uh, you will probably be popping up on my screens pretty much every film I decide to put on even if I didn't know you were in them. Rob, what's your final thoughts for Mr T? Uh,
0: Thank you for making Star Trek even better. There's not many people who can say that but you're one of them and uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's absolutely amazing so
1: let's round this one out and uh, thank you Rob thank you Tony who's not here so I don't know why we're thanking him just thank him for making the movies and TV thank you
0: Stuart thank you Tony
1: and I'll catch up with you on the next episode Rob
0: sounds fantastic bye soon goodbye for now